1: we hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains. And break a couple of concrete pours to back our lug of claims. So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face. Our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our filler's
0: labor is a name to make a man feel proud. And it's good morning from the concrete gang, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and uh, I must say, somewhat depleted in its ranks. Can't find a goanna, can't find a gorilla, can't find a but, can't find a loose, can't find anyone. So we have, in fact, called upon the services of that well-known uh, special commentator on the uh, building industry. Bustling himself. Good morning, bustling. Good
2: morning, Warren. A beautiful uh, Melbourne day in the second most livable city in the world. Beautiful downtown Melbourne.
0: Oh, that's a big claim. <laughs>
2: a very blustery day.
0: A very blustery that's day. That's right. Yes, you're on The Concrete Gang, brought to you every Sunday morning on Community Radio 3CR. And The Concrete Gang has uh, basically had... Uh, Vast amount of material thrown at us this week to uh, report on, but uh, we've had to pick and choose because there's also been a lot of commentary about the union, its secretary, and so on, which we probably need to answer because unfortunately the facts don't get in the way of a good story with a lot of people. But one fact that we do have to deal with straight up, and that is to report that, uh, as was predicted. On the concrete gang, months ago, Verve builders have gone into admit oh, sorry, liquidation, not administration, liquidation. And the money owed to Subby's employees, etc., is somewhere between seven and ten million dollars. Now Maybe that's not the biggest amount of money in terms of liquidations and bankruptcies and all the rest of it that the industry deals with. But when the subbies are working on more than one job for the same builder, the effect on those subbies is catastrophic. And uh, Verve have a number of jobs uh, all locked up now on the direction of the liquidator. The one in the city, Lonsdale Street, uh, which has been going for some time and was a, shall we say, an asbestos disaster, that one is hopefully going to be reopened very quickly because the amount of money owed on that uh, particular job is minimal because the developer was paying. He's been paying for months just to get his job done because he could not rely on Verve. Anyway... Hopefully a new builder will be appointed and that job can be finished and everyone uh, can get the money uh, and maybe the developer will make a bit of money himself. Good luck to him. At least he tried to do the right thing. But when it comes to the uh, Coburg job, the one out at Pentridge and the Mooney Ponds one, both of those are so slow in getting above a couple of floors, it's been ridiculous. And the obvious reason is So much money is owed, people haven't kept going back till such time as they're being paid. Then there'd be a bit of work and then... But unfortunately, over time, the amount of money has built up into millions and a number of other jobs that they were trying to start, including one in Queensbury Street, Carlton. Uh, The site was cleared. Don't think the demo contractor was paid. Nothing has happened yet. So there's a whole lot of people who are going to be seriously disadvantaged And we'll keep you up to date because I'll lay London to a brick bustling that the directors of Verve will not be in any way responsible for anything. And one of them owns two vineyards up in the Yarra Valley.
2: Indeed. I'd say that you're you're dead right there, Warren. Once again, the skullduggery we see never changes. The more things change the more they stay the same.
0: Yes, and uh, what you get, unfortunately, is a whole lot of shit thrown at the union. Did the ABCC? Did the Rock? Did the NBA? Did the federal government? Did anybody take any interest in what was happening to small business people? The people they always love to talk about. Small business people who are supposed to be threatened and abused and all the rest of it by the CFMEU, but they don't do nothing. And if it wasn't for the CFMEU, there's a big chance that in many of these cases no one would be getting anything, the employees and the subbies.
2: They do not care. They wouldn't even know about it. That's
0: exactly right. Now, just a couple of things. Membership. October's nearly done, so everyone should be financial by now and uh, we keep the financial membership up because we're gonna be facing a whole lot of new problems in the near future uh, with the legislation that is currently before the federal parliament and there are people on the cross benches who basically say we don't like John Shecker or we don't like the CFMEU. Not about what's right or wrong. We're going to pass legislation which basically can destroy a union. And in this day and age, when unions are being destroyed by changes in the economy alone, to then go on the front foot suggests that we are heading rapidly towards a totally de-unionised workforce in every industry. So, folks, get your membership renewed. The fight will go on. I always say as long as there are bosses, there will be unions It's just that they don't want unions that can do anything. And maybe we're a bit rough around the edges, but at least we do stuff for the members. Righto. Let's talk about one of the (laughs) crossbenchers. I'll give you one guess. Jackie Lambie. Ten out of ten, Bustling. Ten out of ten. How did I guess that? Well, who made a huge promise when she was re-elected to the Senate that she would not go at things like a bull a gate? She would actually be more considered in her statements, less anxious to get on the media and just talk
2: and talk and talk? Jackie Lambie. A very interesting individual, to say the least.
0: So this week, Miss Jackie... Uh, decided at the Senate hearings to ask the Minister for Defence all about the evil CFMEU and how we uh, allegedly, not that she said allegedly, she said it was a fact, that we had uh, stood over some vets on a job, we'd stood over the builder, we had made all sorts of threats, and we were trying to get these vets kicked off the job, and so on and so forth. My suggestion is... Jackie, you had one phone call from one disgruntled person who had nothing to do with these two blokes who's bitching about something that's of concern to him and you took that as gospel. Let me tell you the facts, Jackie, and for everyone who's noticed this particular matter in the media, there are two vets who were employed on a lend-lease engineering job, a railway project, to drive a crane. The crane was on hire from a crane company and the two gentlemen concerned were on a private contract with another individual who supposedly got them the work and that did not give them the wages and conditions applicable to everyone else on the job. No, they were on personal contracts. Now, the owner of the crane actually thought these two blokes were actually pretty good workers. And I might add they're both members of the CFMEU. And what happened was they offered them a job. So these two blokes, as they should, were offered full-time work with a reputable contractor. Personally, I think Len Lee should have put them on, but that's a different matter. What happens... The blokes were offered a job. They took the job and are very, very happy. So, Jackie, be careful about what you say. Maybe you should just get your facts checked before you go too far and make a whole lot of allegations which are all aimed at discrediting the CFMEU. We've got two members. They're both our members, both now working for a reputable crane company, doing the same work they've been doing since they got on the job months ago and they're getting paid properly. I would have thought that was a win-win.
2: It is. They are, Warren, from all intents, but from what I've heard, beyond happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely delighted. But Lendlease uh, were implicated in uh, this whole thing by being uh, told, well, the, the Minister for the Events, being told that they were stood over and all the rest of it Len knew nothing about it. Len found out about it when uh, the uh, crane company told him they'd put the two blokes on themselves. So, folks, shit is shit, however and wherever you say it. Righto, we might cut to a track. And uh, there's a little bit of irony in this.
3: Did you hear me? What I said, she's a trucking little woman, don't you know? She's a trucking little woman, don't you know? She's a trucking little woman, yeah from Tennessee. Wake up, boys, don't you be no fool. It's a little gal here, yeah, she's just from school. She got plenty of sense, she ain't no fool. She got big eyes, eyes, 'cause she's stubborn, is a mute, but she's a trucking little woman, don't you know? Yeah, she's a truckin' little woman, don't you know? She's a truckin' little woman, yeah, from Tennessee. This little gal that I'm singin' about, she's strictly tailor-made, and it ain't no doubt. She's built up round, right on the ground. She can look up as long as you can look down, cause she's a truckin' little woman, don't you know? She's a truckin' little woman, don't you know? She's a truckin' little woman, yeah, from Tennessee. And what's that Annie got? Why did she keep it? And in what draw? Why did she get it? How much it cost? Act like a big motor with a double exhaust. Cause she's a trucking little woman, don't you know? Was well, she the trucking little woman, don't you know? She's a trucking little woman, yeah, prompting Tennessee See that woman going down the road? Jumping and jacking like a model T4. She's a trucking mother for you, don't you know? Boy, she's a trucking mother for you, don't you know? She's a trucking mother for you. Here yeah, from Tennessee.
0: Big Bill Brunsey, trucking little woman. Well, Jackie, you could probably be described as a number of things, but mm. anyway, moving right along, we should mention that the EBA process has been started. There are plenty of builders and contractors around this state who have received correspondence seeking to start negotiations. Also, the rep rights notice that needs to go out to uh, employees. A lot of people are doing that, getting on with business, and a lot of people uh, stuffing around. So if your employer has not put out a rep rights notice, then you need, and you have a right under the Fair Work Act, to uh, ask your employer why the hell not, and if they refuse then you need to contact the union office so that we can get an order from the Fair Work Commission to, in fact, make it obligatory on the employer to continue the process that has now officially started. So, folks, we are first step seeking a 2% increase to bring everyone into line. A lot of companies uh, who were code compliant paid 5% at the beginning of the year, and other people who were not code compliant and didn't need to be code compliant paid three. But if we're going into a three or four year agreement for the industry, then we need to get the 2% matter sorted out, and then we can sit down and start the process of negotiating the industry-wide agreement, which gives bosses what they want. A level playing field and predictability And that obviously has an advantage for our members as well. It's a good little document, isn't it, Bustling?
2: It is indeed. Um, Obviously, in a very vibrant industry, we look after the obvious and get on with business. It's just around the corner and we're all doing what we need to do. It's up to yourselves to have a look at where you're at with your employer and follow suit.
0: Yep, get on the phone to your uh, organiser, get on the phone to the office if uh, you haven't received your rep rights notice, which is an obligation on your employer once the uh, negotiation process starts, then get on the phone, let us know what the hell's going on and if necessary, we will then go and get an order, which basically requires the employer to uh, start the process.
2: Exciting times.
0: Indeed. Now, just quickly on the subject of EBAs and money. Last week we, remen- we mentioned uh, the new CEO of the Master Builders, Rebecca Casson. Oh, Rebecca's at it again. Can't find workers to work in Geelong. Now, that does open up a few (laughs) possibilities for comment, but let's just say her uh, reason for this is the money that's being offered (laughs) on infrastructure projects. Well, that's how much you know, Rebecca, because the basic hourly rates on the major projects are exactly what's paid under the EBAs in Geelong. The only difference is the site allowance, and the site allowance is compensation for the disabilities of working on huge jobs with a whole lot of extra factors which don't occur on smaller jobs. Yes, I'm sure that there are people trying to get a better deal for themselves, drive up from Geelong for some real money, but basically a lot of people are driving up from Geelong to work in Melbourne because the work in Geelong ain't that good. It ain't consistent, it ain't necessarily the best builders. So, me thinks this is all one big attack on the ability of the union to negotiate its EBA and site allowances. On both the Westgate Tunnel and the Metro Tunnel, the site allowances were actually not negotiated, but they were determined by the disputes procedure under the EBA by an independent body. Oh dear, Rebecca, you got it wrong again.
2: Rebecca, 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 please.
0: Righto, let's move on, because Bustling is here to talk about a couple of things, and uh, one of them is uh, St Kilda Road and the Muse Apartments.
2: Yes, the beautiful uh, Muse Apartments on the corner of St Kilda Road, the service lane there, and Turak Roads. Woe and behold... One of the biggest scaffolds you've seen in your life, city-line scaffolds, not that they're to blame. Massive scaffold right on the edge of the footpath of uh, Toorak Road and something uh, very obviously missing was the gantry. Further investigations with uh, Delta that are doing the demo and all entailed, apparently, our friends at Stoddington Council don't require a gantry.
0: uh, Melbourne City Council, I think it is, Billy.
2: All right. Well, I'll argue that point later.
0: Oh, right. I think it's actually the City of Melbourne. But anyway, whatever it is, the council.
2: Councils decided it's still the council. No requirement for a gantry. So if you're walking up 2-8 Road there and you've got a 20-lift scaffold more or less hanging right above your head, they've got catch decks. um, No gantry required. Obviously, um, there's a bit of work to, to do there yet. Yep. Um, we, do, we do have a position moving forward with a, cat, with a catch deck and a canopy going over the footpath, so it's uh, wait and see.
0: So as I, as I understand what you're saying, Bustling, the protection for the public is fans halfway up the scaffold.
2: Yeah, which are, uh, which are an issue in themselves. Well, they, they don't
0: catch too bloody much, uh, especially when you are in a circumstance where there's a demolition job going on, and as a consequence, I would have thought every chance of material coming off the side of the, uh, the demo, even though there's a scaffold and uh, shade cloth there, there's, it's a bit different in a demo compared to new construction.
2: It is, and then there's the the very unlikely but an opportunity for the catch decks to come off as well.
0: Yes, that's a damn fine point. So, the council uh, did not require public protection?
2: They didn't, and they
0: still don't. Whoa. So, we've dealt with the problem in terms of public uh, safety by dealing direct with the contractor?
2: And can I say the contractor is being very cooperative at this particular stage, and it's uh, nothing's really happening on that north face at present until we do get something in place over the footpath.
0: Very good. So, compliments to Delta, brickbats to the local council, and uh, let's just say... This is probably a pretty common feature all around uh, Metro Melbourne that gantries, covered ways and that are not in place to protect the public.
2: And I think it's quite uh, quite easy to see. Position on site uh, was that if one of the, can- uh, the people from the council with their children on a Sunday walking past the job, I would put anything on it that they would cross the road to walk past the job.
0: Right. On. But also there was uh other activity last weekend at uh South
2: Bank. Yes, uh can I say Australia's ta- uh, Australia's tallest building, the tallest building in the Southern Hemisphere, uh Australia one oh eight. Obviously about one o'clock they were blowing back from the concrete pour from uh, level ninety four and there was a huge there was a huge bang and obviously uh Talking about the job, you've got two of the best in the industry down there, the delegate and the safety rep, on a job with a nearly perfect safety record. Uh, we're obviously tested in respect to what happened on Saturday. If you were going off what the media said about it and what occurred down, here, uh, down there with the, the helicopter, uh, TV crews, reporters, cameras, the fire brigade, ambulances, and if you looked at what the media actually said, people blowing 15 metres, can I say... The whole thing was horribly exaggerated. The worst injury that came out of the incident was one of the workers got hit in the cheekbone by a bit of aggregate. And obviously, on the impact of the aggregate, he's pulled his head to the side. And I think the worst injury coming from that incident is that that worker pulled a ligament in his neck. If you go by the media's uh, account and reports on it, you would have thought it was, you would have compared it to the threadbow disaster. Or 9-11.
0: <laughs> it must have been a slow news day.
2: You never let the truth get in the way of a good, good story. story.
0: That's it. Righto, we're going to cut now to Scullywag because we're running out of time rapidly. <clears throat> My uh, nominations are the directors of Verve.
2: I'll second that, Warren.
0: Rebecca Casson and the MBA for Shit Talking.
2: Oh, Rebecca, please.
0: Jackie Lambie, because she didn't bother to check the facts that she put on to the national media.
2: Jackie, you still haven't got you still got time to redeem yourself.
0: Yep. Yes, yeah, Check much. the facts and apologise, and we'll get on with life. Uh, and uh, the council for refusing to protect the public in their own area. Who are we going
2: with? I think it's obvious, Warren. It has, a, it has to be Verve. It has to be Verve, seconded by our friend Jackie. Well, I think uh, Verve
0: have uh, unlike Jackie kept a low profile and just want to sneak off to the side and owe everybody money and hope no one notices. Well, we're going to make sure that everyone notices. Now, Suki Lala, I've got a double header. <laughs> Nick Morris from ADCO for uh, basically being given the arse by ADCO and uh, his replacement, Dario, who used to work for MC. Gee, the gene pool's small, isn't it? Oh. So, I've got to say, we've got a, a joint sookie, La La. Nick Morris and Dario, because Dario was sucking up with getting the sack from Haysa. And I'll bet you that Nick Morris gets to go and work for Hacer in due course. (laughs) (laughs) Righto. So they're going to get joint sucky lalas because they're just sucking all the time. And when you do have them in a job, they suck anyway. Righto. We're going to go out in the same old way. Dare to struggle. Dare Dare to win. win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning from the Concrete Gang. And we're going to go to another little blues track. Uh, Tommy Johnson. And Cool Water Blues.
4: I for
5: water,
4: can't you give me
5: gasoline?
4: I for water, give me gasoline. I fall And she gave me Gasoline Lord Good Lordy
5: Lord
4: Cry Bag, home. Huh? And the rain your smoke on you Did out take your i ride riding blind You want to know if you're a good man Riding blind Signed by your
5: Ticket By your
4: Call it training No, no, my Signed by your Ticket Training